It is another Matt and Mullen preview here on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel, the Matt Berry Show, as we embark on the first weekend of October. And this is the time of year. If you watch us each and every week, we talk about the importance of conference play. But now we're getting into the first weekend where I think there's going to really start to be some separation and some separation, some of the divisions and the separation, some of the conferences. And I want to kind of go in a, in a chronological order with time with Oklahoma and Texas, Red River rivalry, Dallas, Texas, Cotton Bowl State Fairgrounds. Coach, this was 49-0 a year ago, Texas. Oklahoma is a completely different ball club. There is a lot on the line in this one, including a spot in the college football playoff. I, I agree. I think this is such a big game. A totally different Oklahoma team this year. Dylan Gabriel can complete control of the offense. They, they have six different wide receivers with 10 catches or more in five games. Six different receivers with touchdown catches in the first five games. Wide, six different wide receivers. And, I mean, he's distributing the ball. They have playmakers in the perimeter. And, I mean, making plays, I, they are a different team. And the other part that makes them different is they're playing defense this year. And so, you know, what, what's going to be interesting is, hey, I think Texas is the most complete team in the country right now. You uh, said last week you would have them number one. I, I did. I put, I put yeah. my top 25 out. I had them at number one this week. I think they're the most complete team. I think there's two things that come into it. One, Texas is the most complete team in the country on a mission. Totally different Oklahoma team. Oklahoma has the rallying point of what happened last year. Texas has to be careful. It can go either way. It can go into the confidence we're going to beat them, and is that in Oklahoma, the back of Oklahoma's mind, or does it sway in, hey, you know, these? Hey, remember these are 19, 20-year-old kids. Hey, we blew them out last year. Hey, they, they're, we're just, we got it. Hey, Coach Sark, don't worry about it. We're in good shape. And Oklahoma's like, hey, this is a revenge game for us. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think one of those team, two teams is going to be in the college football playoff. And I'm not convinced it's the winner of this game either. Really? I don't I think, think, yeah. Well, you can't, the big, I mean, go you go ahead. But I, that's interesting because that means you're saying one of them gets revenge in the, in the title game. I think if they both, if this, whoever, if, if the, the, whoever loses this game, if that's their only loss. Okay. Of the season. Whoever wins the rematch goes to the playoff. Interesting, because a conference title at that point would be on the line. And I think it'd be interesting is the winner of this game basically then has house money. The winner of this game potentially could lose a game the rest of the way, right? The loser has yeah. to win out. The winner has some house money. But if they're playing at 11-1 in the conference championship game in a rematch, the winner of that game is going to the playoffs. And I, look, and I would tell you, yeah, the Big 12 isn't strong this year. As of now, they've got two ranked teams. It's Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Kansas is no longer ranked. And I look at Texas relative to Oklahoma. Texas is football tested this year. They yeah. had the game against Alabama. They had the game against Kansas. At Baylor typically isn't a walk, even though Baylor's struggling a little bit this year. But relative to them in Oklahoma, Texas is football tested. but Quarterback-wise, Quinn Ewers has kind of been up and down. And so if I'm looking at this, and I'll ask you this question, two minutes, game on the line, which of these quarterbacks are you taking, Dylan Gabriel or Quinn Ewers? Yeah, I'm going Dylan Gabriel. You know, watching yeah. him. I mean, he's accurate. He's proven. He's been around. I mean, get, uh, listen, I love Quinn Ewers' moxie. But yes. I, I have, like you, I've seen him – 
I've seen him do some amazing things. Like, I'm not nervous I'm rolling Quinn Ewers out there, but it's. I think it's more of a coin flip. Either it's going to be a no-brainer and it's going to be this moxie, like this dude, It's the it guy just walking him right down the field for the win. Or it could easily be four and out and the game's over and Oklahoma's taking a knee before you could blink an eye. You know, I mean, it, it could be it could end quickly. So I think that's the interesting part. I think it's such a big game. I think it's great for college football that this is a big game again. Uh, but I mean, you get into it in the big picture things. That Texas win at Alabama, that, you know, we were saying, okay, well, LSU is going to roll in the West, right? And so it's not, it, and so that's not going to be a big deal. Alabama's back to the West favorite. There you go. With a loss to a potential Big 12 champion or Big 12. If Oklahoma wins, you're comparing Oklahoma to Texas or Oklahoma to Alabama. Hey, common opponent. They're right. above the SEC now. Um, so it's really interesting. Who do you think wins? You know, I'm going to honestly, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I'm going to go wow. with Oklahoma in this one. I think Texas gets the revenge later in the season and Texas okay. goes to the playoffs. So they're going to split the series and then Texas ends up in the playoff. But Oklahoma gets Red River and then Texas gets Red River Big 12 Championship Edition. Gets revenge. Yeah, What? look, that would be – I think that would be great for the sport because at that point things will shake out. But as I mentioned, things are going to start separating themselves this weekend. Oklahoma-Texas gets it started because there's so many things on the line between those two teams in the Big 12 wanting to get someone in. I think a sneaky game is in Columbus with Maryland, who is playing lights out offense. Now, what yep. their defense is, we don't know, and we're going to find out. But if you want a team that's looking for respect, what better way than to go into Columbus and mess around with Ohio State for four quarters? Well, I, I think the answer we're going to get the answer of is how good is Ohio State's defense this week? I, I think there could be really, really good. All right, and then with the offensive firepower they have, I know maybe some of the the, the quarterback that's just not going to throw the team on the shoulders, but the skilled athletes that can around them. You know, I, I think Ohio State's offense, there's some confidence in games. When it matters, they have playmakers that can get the job done. Their uh, defenses look fantastic. I think we get to see where they are this week because I'm with you. That Maryland offense has been firing. And when you have a quarterback, and one thing Leah Tungavaloa has done is yeah. make plays. They've scored 31 points or more in every game. They've dominated every game. Now, hey, with wins over Michigan State, Indiana, uh, and Virginia. Now, I understand that they're the bottom of their conferences. But three convincing wins over Power 5 teams. Convincing wins. You know, they still have scholarship players, even though they're not the high-ranked guys in their conference. They still have guys on scholarship. And they've looked done it in dominating fashion. When you have a quarterback that's playing at a high a level, they have athletes that can score. It's going to be interesting the pressure it comes under, where all of a sudden if they're scoring points and it comes back to Kyle McCord saying, you need to go match the points that they're scoring. I know the guys in the perimeter can, but can you do enough to go match what, uh, you know, what Leah Tangavailoa is doing on the other side of the ball? If you're going edge and quarterback in this one, I don't think it's close. It's Talia no, I don't. I, I think just, it's. A, I think I think Tungavailoa needs to be mentioned in the Heisman Trophy race up to this point, based on some of these other quarterbacks we've been talking about. I mean, he has been electric, and there's nothing scarier than a team that doesn't give a damn 
Maryland strikes me as that team. You brought up a good point. They've beaten inferior opponents, which they haven't been able to do in the past. They've done it convincingly. They roll in 5-0, and 2-0 and in the Big Ten. Big noon kickoff. No one thinks they have a chance. What's scarier than a team that just doesn't give a damn about what people think? <laughs> that can score points for the quarterback. That's it. <laughs> so, look, as much as we're going to learn about Maryland, you're going to learn just as much about Ohio State because they weren't great against Notre Dame, even though I found a way to win. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. And that, that Notre Dame team, that win, Notre Dame, I don't know. They're, they're, I'm starting to scratch my head on them a little bit. They play defense. They can run the ball, play at the line of scrimmage. But I didn't think they looked very good against Ohio State, and I didn't think they looked very good against Duke last week. They, did, they won one, lost one, both close games. But they we'll find just, out. There's a yeah. lot left in their schedule, including USC. You'll learn a lot about them as well. Hey, another noon Eastern game, ESPN, we'll have that on, on our network. Does LSU bounce back at Columbia against a 5-0 and undefeated, higher-ranked Missouri team? That's going to be an interesting one. Listen, you know, let's start with Mizzou first, right? I mean, Brady Cook hasn't thrown a pick. I mean, you want an underrated quarterback that we're not talking about, right? He has Luther Burden to throw to, the former five-star all-everything player. They're, they've just very quietly – just slid under the radar, just kind of sat there. And they're not, hey, don't, you know, don't look at us. We're not here. There's nothing to see here. Right, just go stay away. Just stay away with nothing going on. And they're a good team. I, I think this is this is a test. This is a game that's very winnable for Missouri. Okay. I think LSU's kind of backed in the corner. The problem with LSU, listen, listen. I, I always say this. Anytime I've ever played LSU, you have the no look. You know, you, you have the no look rule, right? Which was when you come out to stretch and warm ups, <laughs> don't ever turn around and look down the other end of the field, right? Because I'm going to tell you what, I don't care if you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City, whoever, they don't look as good as what LSU looks. So they're going to, the ever. LSU is going to come out and the, right? In the gold pants, the white jersey, you're going to look down that other end of the field. And guys are going to start running by in like single digits and teams. And they're going to run by your D line. And you're going to be like that. That's their corners and safeties. And they're like towering <laughs> over your D D line. Um, so LSU has got a pretty team, you know, listen, last year they were probably a little ahead of schedule. Right. And so all this expectations come in this year. And what, what are their losses? against an, a, a national title contender motivated FSU game in week one. Yeah. And a road loss against Lane Kiffin in a high scoring shootout at, at Ole Miss. And anytime you go on the road in the SEC, it's up for grabs. So, you know, I, I was still looking. I'm not saying LSU is not a good team this year. I think they're an excellent football team this year that has played a very difficult schedule, but they have another one. And you know, this is a sleepy game. You go on the road to Missouri. 11 a.m. It's not the environment, you know, and I don't I don't want to knock Missouri's environment. Great football environment. But it's it's not Death Valley on a Saturday night. You know, yeah. it's not it's it's not Tuscaloosa on a Saturday night. Um, you know, and anytime you play those early kickoffs, when you show up at this, you're used to showing up at the SEC at the stadium 
when you show up and the bus is rolling in at 4.30 for a 7 o'clock game and they're throwing stuff at the bus, they're shaking it. I mean, everybody's telling you you're number one with the other finger, right? I mean, every you're number one for everybody. Do your fans say you're number one or the opposing fans say you're number one, right? And it, the atmosphere, you just go out to warm up and the student section's already packed going crazy. When you're pulling up for the 11A cook, it's 8.30 in the morning. Right. I mean, the tailgates are getting set up. They're not all sauced up, ready to go just yet. And so you're like, oh, OK, it's it's kind of a slower, sleepy start. So this is a very dangerous game for LSU to come in and a game that could really derail their season. It could end it. And so this is going to be a fun one to watch again, that one noon Eastern ESPN will have the halftime festivities. But that, when, you, when you look at a game like that, that's a ranked matchup. Uh, on this Saturday, I'm telling you, things are going to start clearing up and you and I work <laughs> enough together to know that I feel, and I need to be convinced otherwise, that Max Johnson now being the starting quarterback at Texas A&M, to me, makes Texas A&M the team to beat in the West. I think the offense is more fluid. I think he's a smarter quarterback than Connor Wegman and puts the ball where it needs to be. He gets it to his playmakers quicker. And we know Texas A&M has a defense that can play with anybody in the country because this game is in college station and Max Johnson is a quarterback coach. I think Texas A&M can beat Alabama and plant their flag in the ground as come get us. We're the best team in the East or the West. I, I agree. I agree with you on this one. And here's the thing as a coach with Max Johnson, and I'm guessing this is the whole scenario of how this played out. Connor Wegman's an excellent quarterback. Yes. Athletic, the skill set, all this. You're at practice. You're at training camp, and you're watching, and you're saying, but Connor Wegman's just kind of the guy. You know, I mean, he, he, we're watching him, all this practice stuff. I've been through it, and you're like, boy, Max is good, but I'm, you know, I practice. I just don't see it, but – Max Johnson, I think, is one of these guys. And I played against him when I was four. I mean, he's been around for a long time. He's better on game day than he ever is on the practice. Right. And so I think what's going on is you're sitting there. It's like, oh, well, I love him, but he just doesn't do enough to win it out. All during camp, all during practice. On game day, he steps in. I think he's a better fit for what Bobby Petrino wants to do. Yeah, I agree with you with their skill set. I mean, Evan Stewart and all the speed they have. Listen, Anaya Smith, like the, the, and I, the one thing you know, if you're going to beat Alabama through all the years, okay, now and get back to old school Alabama with Nick Saban, they're playing defense, running the ball. You got to throw the ball. You have got to make explosive plays out in the perimeter, throw the ball down the field. Like to sit there and say, we're going to go on 14 yard drives and beat Alabama. It's not going to happen. It's they will stop with Max Johnson and the skill Texas A&M has on the perimeter right now. I think they can score on this Alabama defense that no one scored on this year. I think they can score. And I think the A&M defense is pretty good. And the questions on Alabama, I don't think that 17 or 21 points on the road this week is going to get it done for Alabama. No. And I think Max Johnson and the skill he has on the outside and his kind of game day, it get it done. Gives them a chance at home. I mean, it will be rocking in college station. It will be alive. And if they win that game, they are firm in the driver's seat. Right. And as you know, I mean, it is, Hey, 
sign Jimbo to an extension on Sunday. Oh, we sign oh, Jimbo to us. an extension on Sunday. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's how fickle the SEC gets. But I think they're built to beat Alabama this year. And with that defense, like you said, shaky offensive line for Alabama, Jalen Milrow hasn't shown anything that's going to that's gonna scare me about going deep, neither of the receivers. I'm telling you, their one loss is to, Alabama, or is to Miami at Miami, Texas A&M. There's no shame in that. This, this to me, this game right here is the shape-shifting game of the rest of the college football season because the only chance, as I segue to Kentucky-Georgia, I think Kentucky's a really nice team, and I think they're going to play physically with Georgia, but the only chance Georgia has to be beat is by the team that comes out of the SEC West, and I think that gets decided in College Station. I agree. I, I agree with you. You know, I I, I think 100%. Now, the, the, that's what's going to make this such an exciting game. And talk about a shift that here we are the first weekend in October. You could have LSU with three losses completely out of the picture. Alabama with two losses kind of really out to the dawn. And Texas A&M in the driver's seat in the West. Because you, you always remember this. When you go head-to-head, it's a two-game. It's a two-game swing. You, A&M right. has to lose two to fall behind Alabama. And it's, it's, it's so big. It's, it's such a big game. And and I brought up Kentucky, Georgia. Look, Devin Leary needs to do something this week. He has I, to. Look, Ray was awesome. He was absolutely awesome in a game against Florida. Ray Davis ran all over the field against the Gators, even when they had 13 guys in the field. Georgia, as you know, because we've covered it extensively on college football final, they start slow. Carson Beck needed a moment to grow up. He did so finding 19 in Brock Bowers. That's a good way to do it. But this week is going to be completely different than what Kentucky faced last week against Florida and what Georgia faced last week on the road at Auburn. To me, this one is another learn about who these guys are, because I think this is Georgia's really first competitive skill set test. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Kentucky's built for this type of game. I'm going to give you the knocks on this. It's at Georgia. Big knock for Kentucky, right? I mean, now, yeah. I, just the, the, the ebbs and flows. If they get momentum, the crowd's not whipped into a frenzy to kind of put the pressure on Carson Beck, go perform. You know, hey, you, you better go. Let's see if put it on your shoulders with the crowd going crazy in a frenzy, knowing that they might be able to control some clock. I think 100% you said it. For, for Kentucky to have a chance, Devin Leary's going to have to make some plays. He has to. I think, you know, because I think the recipe for Kentucky is this one, is let's slow the game down. Let Georgia start slow. Let's slow it down. Let's go in. Let's make it a 7-3 halftime game. Right. Right. 14-10 going into the fourth quarter. Slobber knocker game. And here it is. So 14-10, you're getting into the fourth quarter. You're saying, okay, it's going to go back and forth. Let's get it to a one-possession game. Well, one-possession games are won by a quarterback. I, I Okay. Hey, two minutes on the clock. Which one of those two right now do you want to roll out? And Devin Leary's got more skins on the wall, but Carson, I don't know enough about Carson Beck. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm not sitting there jumping them down that I want to roll either of them out there, right? Like, um, Devin Leary, I love him as a gunslinger and this, and give me the moment. I'll try. But I, I mean, he went nine of 20 last week. You know, nine of 20 when they ran for over 300 yards. I mean, 
at some point, people are just uncovered. I mean, they had 13 guys trying to stop the run apart, and the guys are uncovered. Like, you got to be able to make the throws. Georgia's going to come in there and say, okay, you're not going to run the ball. Right. Here's all 11 defenders that beat us. We'll give you one-on-one. Like, if you complete a pass and it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown. I I could see Kirby saying, hey, we're going to put everybody on the line of scrimmage. Go try to, and if our, our corner falls down, you get a touchdown. Let's see how many times maybe you could do it. I, I see them just saying, you will not run the ball in any way, shape, or form in this game, but you can beat us if you throw it. And can Devin Leary and the Kentucky receivers, do they have enough firepower to go do that? I cannot I don't know. wait. I, you, we don't know. And again, that game, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. We'll have all the festivities during that game, plus college football final. We're going to learn so much this weekend. Week six, First weekend of October. Let's start separating this thing a little bit. I cannot wait to break this down with you late into the morning, late into the night, early into the morning on College Football Final. For Dan Mullen, I'm Matt Berry. Your week six preview here on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel.